Hi there, and welcome to the All About Everest podcast, episode 16, Tenzing Norgay. Last week's episode was about Sir Edmund Hillary, and this week we're going to do the episode about his partner, Tenzing Norgay, who was the second member of the first team to summit Mount Everest on May 29, 1953. And here we go. Today is the 36th year since Tenzing Norgay's passing on May 9, 1986 at the age of 71. So I felt it was fitting to post this podcast episode today. I was supposed to post it on Friday, but I had all of my kids here for Mother's Day and it's been a couple years since I've had them all at once, so I decided to be a little selfish and enjoy the weekend. So I'm posting it today instead because it is fitting. It's been 36 years since one of the most important men of the 20th century passed away. Before we get to the bones of this episode, just a couple Everest updates for you. About 50 people have summited so far on Mount Everest, most of them from Tibet and are part of the Chinese and Tibetan teams. And on May 7th, Kami Rita Sherpa reached another Guinness World Record. His was the previous, and he has summited Mount Everest 26 times. He was part of the rope-fixing team this year. Congratulations, Kami Rita Sherpa, on your achievement. And congratulations to the rest of the rope-fixing team to be the first ones to summit Mount Everest on the Nepali side this year for 2022. I do have some unfortunate news. The second death on Mount Everest has occurred this year. The Russian climber Pavel Kostrykin died at Camp 1 on Mount Everest, and they believe that it is because of altitude sickness. So thus far, two people have passed away on Mount Everest this year. Looking at past data on summit attempts on Mount Everest, May 19th seems to be a reoccurring date, but who knows this year because after talking to some of my friends who are currently on Mount Everest, the jet stream is acting a little weird this year. It's not sitting on top of Everest like it usually does, and the weather's been a little off. It's not typical of Mount Everest weather this time of year. It's a lot warmer than usual, drier than usual, and the wind is not as strong as it normally is. Plus, you have the jet stream, which is just acting like my friend at Everest said to me yesterday. It's just being odd and weird. So we'll see what happens. Um, It looks like the weather is good, so there could be some attempts sooner rather than later. The concern is is that because the weather is a little off and because the jet stream is absent that everyone will try to attempt for the summit all together on the same day. And we don't want what happened in 2019 with all of the overcrowding 
to happen again. Even though there are a lot less permits this year, I think it was 420 last year and 316 this year. The estimates for this year were a little bit lower than what the actual permit number is. And again, there is concern for overcrowding. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens and send everyone good vibes for good weather and good summit attempts this year. And hopefully everyone will be safe. All right, here we go for the rest of the episode all about Tenzing Norgay. Tenzing Norgay was the second member of the first team to summit Mount Everest on May 29, 1953, along with Sir Edmund Hillary. Next year, it's going to be 70 years since they first summited, and there should be a lot of cool things happening next year because it's a milestone, 70 years since that first recorded summit. As I have mentioned in previous podcasts, there's supposed to be a documentary that's supposed to come out next year with Peter Hillary, uh, you know, to celebrate 70 years. So I hope to see that I haven't heard anything new about the documentary. Tenzing Norgay's achievement a lot of the time has been minimized because he's not a Westerner, but it seems like the last couple of years with people being more culturally aware, he's being celebrated just as much as Sir Edmund Hillary, which I think is a fabulous thing. Tenzing Norgay was born in May of 1914 in Tibet. It's unknown what his actual birth date is. He only knew that he was born sometime in May in the year of the rabbit. So after, after summiting Mount Everest in 1953, he chose that date of May 29th to be his birthday. He was born with the name Namgyal Wangdi. But his name was changed because the head lama and founder of the Rongbuk Monastery suggested to his parents that it be changed. I'm not sure of the actual translation because I've seen it translated multiple ways. So I'm just going to leave it at Tenzing Norgay. It can be really hard to translate something word by word. And then you get mistranslations. As a child, he did spend some time in the Kumbu. And then later, as a teenager, he ran away twice. Once to India and once to Kathmandu. Tenzing Norgay was known for his flashing and beautiful smile. And it seemed to open up a lot of doors for him. At the age of 20, he became a porter and he was hired by Eric Shipton because of his smile. And then later, he was invited to join the 1953 expedition, not as a porter, but as an actual member of the expedition, again, because of his smile. And if you look back on some of the writings of Sir Edmund Hillary, when he was talking about the first time that he met Tenzing Norgay, 
Norgay's smile is what impressed him the most and what he remembers is this beautiful, amazing, big grin. It just tells you how much smiling can open doors for you. It also makes people feel good about themselves and good about you. Norgay had also been on several expeditions to Mount Everest before he summited in 1953. He was a porter for the 1935 British Mount Everest reconnaissance expedition. And then he was also involved in the 1933-1936 expedition. And he kind of made a name for himself and he impressed a lot of people. Um, he was also on an expedition in 1947. And as we all know, because he was the first person to summit Mount Everest in 1953, all of them failed. He was also on another Everest expedition in 1950 and 1951 with the British. And then in 1952, he was on two Swiss expeditions that also failed to reach the summit. So when he started out on his 1953 expedition, he had already been to Everest six different times. And this time, which was different from the other ones, he was actually part of the expedition team. He was guaranteed that he was going to be one of the people that was going to attempt to reach the summit. It was a big opportunity for someone like him, especially with the majority of the mountaineering and expedition community being Westerners, a lot of them British, um, French, Swedish, even American. And he came from such modest means. He grew up in a very small village in Tibet and Nepal. And he was not educated like a lot of the Westerners were. Yet there was something about him and about his demeanor as well as his experience and his physique, which caused John Hunt to add him as an expedition member. While they were climbing Mount Everest, Tenzing Norgay actually saved Sir Edmund Hillary. Hillary was falling into a, into a crevasse and Norgay was able to stop it by using his ice axe. One of the other things about the summit is that Tenzing Norgay is the only one with a photo of that first Everest summit achievement. And it was because he didn't know how to work the camera. So he wasn't able to take a picture of Hillary. And as with everything Mount Everest, there's some contradictory information regarding that photo because Norgay letter, later said in his autobiography that he asked Hillary to teach him how to take a picture and then he asked Hillary 
if he could take a photograph of him and Hillary declined. This became very controversial. Some people even said that the photos were fake or that Hillary never reached the summit because there was no photographed evidence. Their achievement was really celebrated by the British Empire. Um, Queen Elizabeth had been crowned that same time and Sir Edmund Hillary received a knighthood, yet Tenzing Norgay only received the George Medal for his efforts. Nowadays, a lot of people recognize how unequal it was, but back then it was unfortunately kind of the norm. Over the years, we've become culturally more educated and less biased. Tenzing Norgay was married three times. His first wife, Dawafuti, died extremely young. They had two daughters and a son, and his son died at the age of four. Um, his daughter, Pem Pem, is the mother of Tashi Tenzing, who would also climb Mount Everest and establish himself as a mountaineer. Tenzing Norgay's second wife, Ang Lamu, he married her after his first wife passed away. They did not have any children together, but she treated his two daughters from his first marriage as her own children. And then he married Daku, who was his third wife, and he practiced polygamy, which is acceptable in the Sherpa culture. Other cultures as well. I grew up in a polygamous community, so, you know, it, if it works, it works. Um, Daku and Tenzing had three sons, Norbu, Jamling, and Dami, and one daughter. And Jamling would also become a mountaineer and have his own mountaineering achievements. Jamling also wrote a really good book about Tenzing Norgay and also his own climbing experience, but it really was open about the differences between Sherpa achievements and Westerner achievements, as well as how the Sherpa community, as well as the Sherpa porters and mountaineers were treated less. And that is something that his continued to come up over the years, um, especially in 2014 and 2015, as well as the scuffle that's well known about 2013 when um, there was a scuffle on Mount Everest between some Westerners and some of the Sherpas. And I've mentioned that previously, and you can go back and listen to previous episodes if you need to. Tenzing Norgay wasn't known just for his achievement of reaching the summit of Mount Everest first along with Hillary. He was known for all of his mountaineering achievements. And he was even listed as one of the 100 most influential people of the 20th century by Time Magazine. Norgay passed away in Darjeeling in India on May 9th, 1986 at the age of 71 
from a cerebral hemorrhage, and today marks the 36th year since he passed away. What amazing achievements from someone who came from such a small and rural and even unknown at the time area. It just shows what you can do if you want to ex want to succeed. And his smile, his smile definitely opened doors. While I was researching this episode, I was looking through a lot of pictures and it seems like every single one, he just has this big flashing smile that makes you want to smile back. For further reading and also watching, if you haven't already, um, you really should watch the 1953 documentary, The Conquest of Everest. Um, but if you do watch it, try to watch the one that was just redone. They've really fixed a lot of the graphics. And so it's definitely more clear and more high def. If you can find it, there was a really good article in the 1955 Sports Illustrated um, with Tenzing Norgate on the cover. It's kind of hard to find, but if you can find it, I really enjoyed that article. There's a couple different books as well. There's a couple children's books. And, um, there's Tenzing Norgay's autobiography and then Touching My Father's Soul written by his son Jamling. It's really good reading if you're looking for more information. And I think that's it for this episode. Next episode is going to be about, um, David Sharp and the 2006 Mount Everest expeditions because there was some controversy regarding that season and a lot of discussion about if someone is dying on Mount Everest, if you should leave them behind. One of the things that I've been thinking about, because I have random thoughts, I'm constantly thinking, is how when someone passes away in the mountaineering community or on Mount Everest, how it affects everyone, everyone in the mountain mountaineering community or who has come into contact with them because of mountaineering. <coughs> and just how hard it must be because you see the same names over and over and as over the years, as you follow what's going on in the mountaineering world and in the Himalayas, you get to know these people and then something tragic happens. And I just, I just wanted to mention that because it just seems like the more I get to know these names and their achievements and what they've done and then to find out, oh, well, this person died last year in an avalanche and this person died this year because of altitude sickness. It's really sad and it, I think it's 
more sad because you've followed them for so long. It's almost as if you know them. So my heart reaches out to uh, those who've had family members pass away this year in the Himalayas and also on Mount Everest. I think besides the two deaths on Mount Everest, there have been two more in the Himalayas this year. As usual, please subscribe, rate, follow, comment. It helps me continue to be able to do this podcast. And we've reached over 10,000 listeners since I started this podcast in January. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming back. And thank you for listening to this podcast. See you on Wednesday.